listening to How I See It, hosted by Han. You guessed it, that's me. I am here to motivate and inspire you with guests from all different industries and backgrounds. So get ready for personal stories of success, of growth, full of highs and lows, and of course, unapologetic realness. This is How I See It. I brought your book. Oh my gosh. Because I love it so much. Oh, thank you. It's so inspiring. And I was thinking before I came here to how we met. Because it's such a crazy story. And I feel like I want to quickly tell it because it's like destiny. Yeah. How it all worked out. Yeah. We ended up, I don't even know why you were there. I was just there for a mother-daughter trip in Palm Springs. It was like mid-pandemic 2020. It was that time where... It was like that weird month yes. in like June or July or May or something where people were like, oh, we can go out a little bit. Yes. So my friend and I went to that hotel. The Sands. The Sands Love in the Sands. Palm Desert because it was outdoor. We're like, we won't get COVID here. And it was just kind of like that weird month where we all kind of emerged for two weeks and then yeah. went back. Yeah, yeah. And I saw your mom taking photos of you influencer style. <laughs> and so I was kind of drunk, disclaimer. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, like, drinking, you know, champagne at the pool. And I was like, oh, do you want me to take your photo for you? Because I kind of, like, just, like, felt bad for your mom because I had this feeling <laughs> that your mom was going to be taking your photos the I whole time. I was turning her into a tripod yeah. by the pool. And so I was like, oh, you're an influencer. And then we started talking. I don't know how you feel about that word, but we started talking. And then your mom and I had, like, a heart-to-heart. And she told me God was going to cure me. And it was the best day ever. Yeah. And the crazy part about it was, like, I mean, we all kind of had our computer because, like you said, it was in that weird time. But, like, when you said you lived in San Diego, I was like, wait, what? And I was and I was like, that's so random. And then you lived so close to me because you were still in – you were in Hillcrest, right? At that time, I, where were you? I was in Hillcrest. Yeah. yeah Jesus. So it was just so crazy. And then especially now thinking about, like, launching a podcast. The whole thing was just wild. Yeah. We spent – we, like – the four of us, my friend, me, you, and your mom talked for like three hours. On so the crazy too, especially because that was before you launched your book too. Yes, that was. I started working on my book like three months after that. Like it wasn't so even crazy. It wasn't even a concept in my mind at that point. It was so crazy, yeah. dude. But I mean, you not only have you. I'm like, not only has she written a book. You're a boss, bitch. Oh, for lack of a better you. word, thank you, you do. You run Scouts Agency. Yes. You have your book, yeah. you have your two podcasts, The Emotional Entrepreneur and OK Sis. Yeah. So I really just want to start, this whole podcast is about stories and your story is just so inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. I needed all that this morning. <laughs> like, uh, I like to say that my story started when I was 14, even though I exhibited signs of mental health problems pretty young, around the age of four. But at the age of 14, I was a freshman in high school and I had my first depressive episode. Um, fast forward to the age of 20, I formally received my bipolar diagnosis, type mm-hmm. 2. And that was 11 years ago, over 11 years ago. And yeah, back then, the word and the diagnosis, bipolar disorder, mental illness, mental health, it was not what it was. It's not what it was to, It was today or is today, in my words. Um, you know, there was no Instagram, there was no podcast, there was no thought leaders, there wasn't like the mental health girl on TikTok. And so I felt incredibly alone. I mean, I was dealing with depression, anxiety, catatonia, psychosis, paranoia, really suicidal ideation. It got really out of hand and I had to drop out of college. And there was talks about whether or not I'd ever be able to really function in society, whether I could hold a job and take care of myself. 
And so when I dropped out of college, it was this definite low moment where I felt very alone. And the following year, I just kept hitting rock bottom. I was 5150 and um, taken by ambulance to a, you know, a psychiatry hospital where they locked me up. And it was very difficult for me to navigate because I didn't know who to look to, right? Yeah. I was like walking around the self-help pile at Barnes & Noble when that wasn't a thing. Like it was embarrassing. I was like yeah. looking over my shoulder, making sure no one saw me there. Um, but I really kind of credit the catalyst of when I started taking radical responsibility over my emotions um, was when I started dating my husband at the age of 21. He comes from a recovery background and, you know, proud to say he's 12 years sober today. Oh, I know, that. crazy. And he told me, he said, look, I don't care if you're depressed. I will be in this relationship if you're depressed and hopeful. I love that. But if you're depressed and hopeless, I can't be here. And that's when I realized that I could lose him and I was done losing the things that I had lost, my college experience, my yeah. internships, jobs, potential, you know. And so I started infusing hope and that had me walk down. And by the way, this is extremely condensed because I want to get into I know, other Mike. stuff. But <laughs> that, that helped me walk down, start walking down a path where I was taking an active participant. I was becoming an active participant in my healing. I wasn't just a victim to what was happening. And I found the areas that I did have control over. And I feel like that's where our story is so similar and we really connect there. And I think that's why we initially started really bonding so quickly mm -hmm. and so deeply is because we just resonated on feeling so hopeless and alone yeah. and feeling like, well, continuing to believe the lie that we'll just never get better. Yes. And that we had no control in mental yep. health. And I love that you believe and have gone through the same thing. And I kind of talked about that in my soul episode too. Like, it's my story. It's yeah. what happened. Yeah. And I think that once you start believing that there's a lot more in your control than out of control with your mental health is when you start getting better and healing. And I think that, you know, this is a deeper conversation, but I think that a lot of the therapy and psychiatry models are rooted in the fact that you're out of control. And that's yeah. a really disempowering narrative. And so I had to climb out of that narrative myself. Mm -hmm. And throughout my 20s, it was this up and down. Let me see if I can get stronger. Let me build a foundation. I hired a coach. And I got myself to a point at the age of 27 where I felt strong enough to hold a job and strong enough to start making my dreams become a reality. And I got behind a podcast mic with my sister. We started OKSIS Podcast in August of 2018. And that propelled and gave me the career and the life that I have today, which is running Scouts Agency, which is the leading agency in getting female entrepreneurs as guests on podcasts to tell their story and become thought leaders in their space. And then launching my book and my second podcast to really talk about the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship. So that's how we got to today. We're sitting in my office. My team's over yeah, there working. So and, gorgeous. Oh, and it's I have so, a baby. And she, I'm like, and she has a baby. So you did made the decision, which I think is the first step yes. in, when it, in regard to mental health. You have to make a decision that you want to get better and that you can get better and that your life is made for more mm -hmm. than what you're doing. But what were like the actual steps besides like getting a coach and therapy that you took to really start thinking about, okay, I want to I want to start an agency. I, I need to get to a place where I want to follow my dreams. Yeah. You know, I wish that there was one thing. I think there was two shifts that I can identify. Well, I think there was there's three shifts that I can identify. 
throughout the years. The first was this idea that I could add hope in, like I didn't have to be hopeless. Like mm-hmm. what would what would life look like if I stayed the same? Like my mental health stayed the same, my mental illness stayed the same, but I added in hope. So I wasn't like taking anything away. I was adding something in, what would it look like? And that was my first catalyst. The second catalyst was recognizing there was a lot more in control than I previously was led to believe. So I might not be in control of the fact that I had a pang of anxiety, but I do have control over how I react to that and what I do after. I may not have control over the fact that I feel depressed today, but I do have control over what I do with that fact now that I recognize that I'm experiencing that. And I have control for preventative measures, like how am I taking care of myself to make sure that I don't go deeply into another mental health episode. So I had preventative measures, and if something came up, I had control over what I what I could do after that. So that was the second realization. The third was I was already starting my agency, and I was about a year into it, and it was exciting because we hit six figures in our first year. I had an so employee. Insane. I had an office, but I was riddled with anxiety, and it was really emotionally difficult for me, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate that starting your own thing is terrifying and emotional. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the third major, major shift that um, really catapulted me towards my inevitable healing where I feel very confident and secure today is that I recognize that I, my belief system was that I was unsafe in my emotions. Yeah. So I believed that depression, anxiety, psychosis, catatonia were going to destroy me and so when they came, I got afraid because I thought they weren't on my side. Yeah. And so I worked two months rewiring that belief. And every single day for like 500 times a day, I would say, I'm safe in my emotions. I'm safe in my emotions. I'm safe in my emotions. I wrote it down. It was on my mirror in my bathroom. I meditated on it. It was mm-hmm. like this intense mantra. And then, affirmations are so powerful in oh yeah. the rewiring of the brain oh, journey. Yeah. And I call it that because, I mean, when I was going through my mental health crisis too and just really in therapy trying to heal from my depression and anxiety that crippled me for so long, it was like I didn't realize you almost tell yourself this lie like it's easier to sit in the pain than it is mm-hmm. to get better. And even though it is way difficult, so hard to rewire your brain to form these new habits, it's more difficult than people think. I feel like you think in your head like, okay, well, I'm going to decide to be safe in my emotions. And like, now I'm going to be safe in my emotions. Like, no, you have to like affirm yourself every day. You have to rewire your brain. Yeah. It took two months of saying that to myself at least a hundred times a day, like at least a hundred times a day. And then all of a sudden I believed it. Like I literally believed it. And I started backing up that affirmation with evidence. Like, right. Like I survived that and my life kept going and got better. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just kept monitoring the way I talk to myself. So I think that was like the final big mindset shift that I needed to really kind of catapult my healing even further. Yeah, affirmations were so powerful in my journey. Like so, so powerful. People think they're so like, it's almost like meditating, right? Like if you meditate once, nothing happens. If you meditate twice, nothing happens. If you meditate for a week, uh, maybe something happens. Yeah. But if you do it for a month, all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, holy shit, I'm less reactive right? Totally. It just happens. And so you got to like keep going, consistency, keep going. Well, and it empowers you too, right? Like you start believing these things about yourself that you like tried to tell yourself for how many days, how many months. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I actually have the power to change thinking habits about myself that I thought would never go away. Yeah. And uh, Louise Hayes says this, I'm going to paraphrase it. 
you chose a negative thought, which means you literally have the same capability to choose a positive one. Like there isn't more energy and work that goes into choosing a negative thought versus a positive one. So why don't you just choose a positive one? No, yeah. And I think that's something that we really have in common. There was this major problem in our life that was detrimental to our success. And at the same time, we were working through healing that while trying to launch something. Yes. Which I think is crazy about your story that you were literally trying to like Essentially, you have this full scale, so successful podcast agency now, and you were trying to do some like deep work at the same time that you were starting. That's really something great that you pull out there because someone might be listening who thinks they have to get to a certain area in their healing to start, but really starting adds to your healing. My business saved my life. It showed me, it made me be responsible. Like this is not just me. I have six women that rely on my leadership and my vision for their financial life, right? Like for their salary. I have 20 clients who rely on this ship to run for them. And so it was almost as if placing all of the responsibility on my shoulders was the thing that made me show up because I had to. I had no choice. Starting before you feel ready, whether you're going through something in your life or you're just plain old scared, like just there's never going to be a point like having kids. Like there's never a point where mm-hmm. it's like this aha, beautiful moment where you're like, I'm now ready. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just like, awake. Yeah, you're like, you're awake. I am a mother. <laughs> I, I am a mother now. I have a business now. So yeah, like get going. You'll heal in the process. And I think that's something too, it kind of goes hand in hand because it's like, how can you expect to run a company and lead a team and or influence if you're doing that if you're not also working on healing as well totally and so they do go really hand in hand and the healing never ends no. like i'm still working on shit because we're about to go to our next level at scouts agency and so now i'm wiring my belief system to believe in that next level i'm i'm on an edge right now and i'm scared like i'm feeling a lot of fear and self-doubt in this moment And so I have to continuously work on my mindset. It doesn't end if you choose a path of growth. And so if you're waiting for something, you're going to be waiting for a long time. I love that you said that because I wrote down on my notes a quote from your book. You Mm -hmm. talked about how like if it were easy, everyone would do it in regard to just self-doubt. Because even me, I feel like I've worked through a lot. I feel like I've made like a 360 in my life. Obviously, we're all still healing and growing, especially if you want to be successful. We're just, you need to continue to just push yourself, take rest, keep growing. But self-doubt is something you touch on a lot in mm-hmm. your book because I feel like as entrepreneurs or if you're just trying to like scale something, start something, like that's a huge part of the journey, getting over that hump. Yes. I mean, you're doing something that you've never done before. And most likely there's not a perfect roadmap. It's not, you know, get the straight A's, go to uh, get your master's or whatever, then get an entry-level job and then work your way up. The, the, the path is a little bit more ambiguous and vague and in that is a lot of unknown. And, yeah. But it's also like reframe that unknown because it's exciting because you get to forge that path that works for you. But Good stress. Yeah, I have a fuck ton of stress. Yeah. Every single thing I'm stressed about, is for a good reason. Yeah, and I feel like we sometimes within like the self-doubt try to lie to ourselves like stress isn't normal. Like if you're trying to like run a company, like there are stresses, but you have to be able to navigate and be able to sit in it and just be like, it's okay. It is what it is. It's good stress. Yes, that's where I, maybe I struggle within the mainstream narrative, some people's narratives of like, Yes, I understand burnout culture isn't great and hustle culture isn't great and all that stuff. But I I think that in that narrative that we talk about that, we negate the fact that 
the stress and the difficulty is still there, whether yeah. you're like hustling for no reason and being busy for no reason or you're not. And we need the tools to navigate that stress, which is why I wrote my book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, because yeah. at the end of the day, no matter what you do, if you decide to play a big game within your business and for your dreams, you're going to go through some emotional discomfort. I know you talk about it in the book, but just for people listening, we can get a little sneak peek. But you guys should definitely read the book because it's insane, especially if you're running trying to run your own company, trying to do social media full-time, trying to do anything, honestly, on your own. It's mm -hmm. so important what you wrote because people don't talk about the emotional side and the self-doubt and the worry that goes into starting a company. So how did you, and still do, because I'm assuming we all get self-doubt, especially when we're trying yeah. to take risks, how do you deal with that, with the imposter syndrome, with the self-doubt? Yeah, so I can talk about what I'm doing currently because that's, the stage that I'm in, I'm entering that next growth level. And mm -hmm. so the questions come up, can I do it? Will it be successful? Um, am I only good at running an agency that's a one-on-one -on -one client model? Or yeah. can I move into the next round? Can I hit the seven figures? Can I do digital courses and corporate training? And we're coming out with our own product as well. So you're also products. like, you're so cool. Like what you just said, right? Oh, thank so you. freaking cool. Thank you. Thank you. And that's also one of the tools step back and be like, what I'm doing is fucking cool. Like when you're so in cool. the fear, like what's the option? Like not doing it. I would literally hit myself in the head if I didn't do it. Yeah. Um, so with that, how I combat that self-doubt and the imposter syndrome, one, I acknowledge what's coming up for me. So I acknowledge that fear is entering into the room because I'm going beyond my comfort zone. And I remind myself that that is the contract I made with myself, that I will pursue a big life and move outside of my comfort zone at every level. So when fear comes, I don't just contract and say, oh no, I say, oh yes, the first sign that I'm on the right path. Mm -hmm. We've met the fear, I'm exiting my comfort zone. Okay, how many times before have I exited my comfort zone and survived, right? And if this is your first time exiting your comfort zone, go look to other people who have done what you've done and show your brain the data and the evidence that it can mm -hmm. and is possible. That's so important too, yeah. because, and I always say like, I like to hang around and surround myself with things and people that are smarter than me mm -hmm. who have done the things I'm trying to do because it is not only inspiring, like even sitting here, so inspiring. I'm feeling good about the fear I'm feeling right now with like <laughs> launching a new podcast totally. and trying to get in this industry. But like, it makes you smarter and it makes you, it equips you mm -hmm. for these feelings of doubt. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So like to get even more micro on that, we're launching a six week live course to train entrepreneurs how to get themselves as guests on podcasts. Love that. To build their personal brand, become visible, to be thought leaders in their space. And with that, I've never done that business model before. I've only done one-on-one -on -one private retainer clients. So I don't have evidence that yeah. I can be successful there. I do have evidence that I have tried new things and they have worked out in my favor or they've snowballed into the thing. And so I have that trust muscle that I can now fall back on. Like every time I do something new, there's a reason for it and it does propel me forward when I follow my dreams and my desires and my intuition. But I need specific evidence that this model works. And so I'm looking at Amanda Francis. I'm looking at Manifestation Babe. I'm looking at James Wedmore. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to their content every single morning because they have that business model and I see how successful it is for them. So I'm filling in the gaps of evidence where I don't have the evidence personally. I love that. And it's, it's smart. <laughs> They're being smart. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's one. 
Surround yourself with evidence. Acknowledge that the fear is in the room and that this is a good sign that you're yeah. moving through it. And you have to double down on your tools. Like whatever tools make you feel grounded and centered because that fear and that self-doubt has the capability to rise you up and get you all fucking crazy in the head. Can yeah. You cu- can you cuss on this podcast? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Um, <laughs> I was just wondering. Like, yeah. you know me. Yeah, I, know. I, I feel like everyone asks that and the answer is always yes. yes. So we should just like as an industry stop asking that question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sometimes when you're in a state of expansion, my coach said this to me, Amy Natalie was fucking brilliant. I had a baby girl and I was getting, my love for her is so great and big and intense. It's like my love is growing. I'm expanding. And when you expand, you're bound to constrict. So all of a sudden I was experiencing this incredible love and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then I got afraid. What if something happens to her? All these crazy thoughts entered mm-hmm. my brain and I got scared. I was like, I have something in this lifetime that I physically can never live without anymore. And that scared me. And mm-hmm. so I told my coach, I was like, I'm so scared, all this stuff. And she's like, this is a beautiful example. I'm paraphrasing, but she says, you're expanding your capacity to love. And so your mind and your brain, because you're expanding so beyond what you're used to, is bringing in the constriction and telling you, whoa, 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 that's too big. That's too much love. That's too big. That's too great. We're going to contract you for a second to bring you back to the comfort zone. And so in that self-doubt, that's the constriction. And you want to put yourself back into the energy of the expansion that you're going towards, if that makes sense. That's so good. Yeah. I'm like, mic drop. I'm just like listening. I should be taking notes, honestly. (laughs) No, you constantly inspire me. And I think, I mean, that story is just such a good example. Like there's always going to be something that's going to trigger us back into old habits. Yes. But when you're healing and you are using these tools in all aspects of your life, emotionally, like with your relationships, career-wise, like you have to apply it to all aspects. Yes. It's just like an inevitable part of the human experience. I think we can remove the charge a little bit. Yeah. We feel like self-doubt and imposter syndrome is like this end-all be-all and that it means something. It doesn't mean anything about our success. No. Like literally, we can choose for it to not mean anything. Like this morning I was driving to the office and I was feeling fear for the next level that we're stepping into. And I was like, I have the choice to make this fear mean something. Like I can give it this story that mm-hmm. I'm not going to be successful or it's going to fail or this is a sign or I can just be like, it doesn't really mean anything. Like It's yeah. just a human it's experience. Normal. Yeah. It's just like part of the gig, right? It doesn't actually yeah. mean anything. It's okay to like feel fear and mm-hmm. like to feel nervous and to feel stress. I think it comes to a point where it's like, are you going to let it control the day and the week? And are mm-hmm. you going to spiral about it? Because you're going to actually waste time doing that instead of being productive. Yeah. Are you going to stop yourself, use a tool, meditate, journal, take a bath, whatever works for you? Taking a bath is an excellent one. And are you going to use it to fuel you towards your next expansion? That applies to like how you show up every day too. Yes. And you talk about that in your book too. I'm like, you also talk about that. (laughs) I love your book, honestly. Everyone, I'm putting the book link in the description because I love it so much. It's pretty crazy because I wrote it. So quick. Two years ago, I did write it. So quick too. I did write it very quickly. I sometimes open it up and read it and I'm like, oh wow, that's like a totally different version of me because I've evolved so much within the two years, even in this topic. I feel like the book is full of mic drop statements and I'm Mm -hmm. a sucker for mic drop statements. And so for someone who's maybe 
had the journey similar to you or they're in a space where they're trying to launch something and they're crippled by fear and anxiety. Like, can you speak a little bit more on how you show up? Because obviously you have the successful agency, these successful podcasts. Like, I, t- I want to know too, secretly. <laughs> so how I show up, how you show up. This is the point where like people want the hack and the tool and the mindset. And this is where Nike is really good at their marketing, which is like <laughs> just do it. literally just do it. I mean, you have to, you, you just have to ask yourself what game you're here to play. You just do. Mm-hmm. And I'm just unavailable for anything other than the biggest game of my life, period. I don't care how scary it is. I, I don't care how much discomfort it puts me through. I am willing to do what it takes to show up. I'm not here for excuses. I'm not here to live in a hellhole in my mind. I am here to be the one who creates this reality for myself. And I'm here to be audacious with my dreams, unapologetic with the level of ambition I have. And so it's not a question of like, what do you do when the fear comes? It's a question of, are you willing to live any other life but this because I'm not. Yeah, are you willing to live uncomfortably so you can go after what you believe yeah. in and what and fulfill your potential or yeah. are you going to sit in the fear? Yeah, and that doesn't mean that it's not difficult. There are days that it's difficult for me to get up and go to work. Like there are for sure and I and I'm constantly assessing my emotional landscape and where it's at and what it needs. I mean, it's like a fucking 24-hour surveillance <laughs> yeah. going on over here. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to just prep this energy for the actual work on my computer. Um, but I'm dedicated to that. Um, and now, you know, there's also the reality that I'm <laughs> in too deep. Like, yeah. Have, like, <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? Not show up? Like, yeah. I have. I have six employees, 20 clients, a baby, a mortgage, a husband, like I, it's like, there's no choice but to show up. There's no choice but to show up. And, and, and in that I say in the book, I think, um, something about responsibility. It's not a burden. Like responsibility sets you free. Like this responsibility that I currently have, my office lease, all of this allows me the framework to actually show up. Like it pushes the pressure burner up just enough yeah. for my water to boil and for it to actually work here. So um, yeah, sometimes the responsibility feels heavy, but it is the reason why I keep going. Also acknowledging that like you got yourself here. I think I have to always like align myself in that way, especially with like launching the podcast too. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is intense. Like I'm doing something that I'm not getting paid for. And I haven't done that in a really long time. But then I was like, wait, last time I did that was when I was going after how Han sees it. Yeah. And now that's my full scale career. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can do this. Like it's oh, fine. Yeah. My three favorite words. I did it. Like it's yeah. my three favorite words. And then add my five favorite words is I did it my way. <laughs> I did it my way. I love that. <laughs> like first I did it. Holy fuck. That's fucking great. And then I did it my way. Like, I live for that. Like, I just live for those moments. Like, when I can say that, I'm, like, crying in my car. I'm like, I did it. You know, it's just, like, no, I live for it. It's emotional, especially when you believe so much in what you're doing and you just feel so passionate about it. I feel like that helps a lot with the stress, too. Totally. Like, is that you just feel grateful and that you even did it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, I mean, yeah. And thankful to yourself for putting in the effort because it didn't. it's not like you just got lucky and it happened. No. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into my success that are luck. We all know what those are, where you're born, who you're, what family you're born into, et cetera. Yeah. There are those factors, but those factors are not the ones that give you the success at the end. It's, mm-hmm. it's the showing of every single day. I know a lot of people 
who have the, re this is actually why I wrote the book. I know so many people who have the resources, the finances, the education, they have it. They have the funding, everything, and they don't go after it because they're afraid. And so when I realized that the emotional part is what's keeping people from living their dreams, not necessarily the resource part, which is also an issue for many people, but even when the resources are there, people aren't following this path because of their emotional landscape. That's when I recognized that entrepreneurship is emotional as shit and we need support getting through it. Especially for me, intimidation of like not understanding how to do something, not understanding how something works. Like even for example, just cause the podcast is so new in my life. Like that was something that I knew like, okay, I have this fear because I feel intimidated that I don't know how to do it. Yeah. When in reality, I can reach out to you like I did and we can meet and you're like, this is easy. And you learn how to do it and you're like, oh my gosh, that was so simple. Imagine if I didn't go after it because I was scared of doing yeah. this that I learned in 10 minutes. Yeah, you have to ask yourself what has fear already robbed you of in your life? Yeah, and I don't wanna live with regret and I know you don't either and I think none of us wanna live with that kind of regret, especially when it comes to trying to fulfill your dream. People are always like, oh, think about the fact that you're going to die one day. And I'm like, it doesn't get me there. It just doesn't get me there. It's more it's more like, what if I don't have the thing I want this year? Like, I'm so yeah. impatient. I was like, what if I don't get that thing this year? Like, I want it now, you know? Well, also, <laughs> I know myself really well. And I know that, like, going after my dream, working hard, trying to accomplish unapologetically what I want to do fulfills me. Totally. And I'm not going to be able to live happy yeah. if I can't work and go after the things I'm passionate about or create the things I want or mm -hmm. have the platform or talk to the people I want to. Like I'm, I know I'm going to be depressed and not yeah. happy. Yeah. Do it for your future self, but do it for your present self too. Yes. You know, like do it for you today too. It doesn't have to be like for the future self all the time. Like do it for you totally. today. How do you personally, just now that you're doing so many different things and you're doing it so successfully and amazing, like how do you not let the ups and downs, the occasional failures get to you and really hurt your ego. Because I feel like I put a lot of self-value into what I do, and I know that can be like a double-edged sword. You know, my relationship to failure is pretty strong. I've Before I started Scouts Agency, I started like five businesses that failed. So I'm just not afraid of that part of the game because I understand that that's kind of the ticket into the arena. Like it just, not everything works out. Mm -hmm. Not every client signs, not every client stays, not every launch works, not everything makes money. Uh, outcomes are different than you anticipated. One month I think I have this much money and then I don't. Like it's, it's, it's an up and down. And again, I come back to like not letting that mean anything about who I am or my inevitable success or my current success because it doesn't really have anything to do with the big picture. It's just a part of life. I mean, it's like, would you expect to always feel happy 24-7? No. You know, you're going to feel happy, sad, grief, excited, nervous, joyful, I don't know, sexual. You know, you feel all different types of way. Mm -hmm. Lazy. You know, you feel everything. And it's kind of the same with your business stuff. Like it just comes with a variety of emotions and a variety of human experiences. And so, yeah, it's stressful in the beginning, you know, when, especially when it's tied to revenue or money, that can be incredibly stressful because that's pulling on your survival, right? 
you you build that muscle you know you build that muscle to move through shorter months or you move through that muscle of mm, i predicted this was going to make this much and it didn't or mm, i thought that you know i would be making x amount on this i mean you move through it and you adjust and then you realize that really all you're missing is hindsight because Mm -hmm. when you move through it later you're like oh that's why that didn't take off or that's why that didn't make as much money or that's why this client left i learned this lesson or because that didn't happen this came through so it's really about trusting the process and knowing that if you stay the course and if you check in with yourself and you're coming from a place of trust and you're intuition and your authentic self, of course you'll experience setbacks that don't work. I experience them all the time. Um, but it's it's your ability to ride that setback that brings you to that future success. I, I really love that you said that. And I think like, especially for me, I put a lot of like my self value into my work too. And I'm really trying to work on that because I think there's yeah. a, there's a good side to that, but I think yeah. there's a bad side too, where like I'll work like 10 hours in the day or 12 hours in the day and like I'm up till midnight trying to work and it's like still not good enough. I'm starting to get better at like my work ethic or what I got done today doesn't bring me like it doesn't make up my value as a human or a person like I'm good enough even if I didn't finish everything on the to-do list because you have to be able to roll with these punches and the setbacks and not think badly about yourself while you're doing it that specific thing within the entrepreneurial journey, I know my sister used to struggle with it a lot, is not as tied. Um, But I do think that I tie up a large amount of my identity in the work Mm -hmm. that I do. Uh, Becoming a mother has shown me that because now I have this new identity that I absolutely love. And it's catapulted me further into my personal life, which was just not the thing that was my main priority for a while. And so that's shown me that I have room to step outside of this entrepreneurial life. But I do know the merits of being able to come up for for a breath and understanding that there is more to life than my inbox. Yeah. But my inbox and this office and my team and, and everything represents the emotional decision that I made to live a big life. So it's not that like the money is my worth, but but me growing something is for sure yeah it makes up your identity if you're passionate about it and you want it to be i mean i think it's so interesting the way we talk about entrepreneurship versus the way we talk about athletes right yeah like no one's telling an athlete like that they are over grinding they're over grinding (laughs) (laughs) or that they're taking their body to extreme levels or that they need an identity outside of basketball or football it's quite the opposite i mean they're really revered for their dedication and where they're willing to go there's something about the narrative in the entrepreneurial space um that doesn't resonate with me personally that tells us to slow down and and to not go to the links. And I understand, I completely, as someone who is mentally ill, I understand the importance of taking care of yourself and not pushing you to unhealthy extremes. But I just like to notice the different ways people talk about entrepreneurs taking it to the next level versus Mm -hmm. athletes or like uh, versus motherhood. Like motherhood's fucking gnarly. Like you're not sleeping, you're not doing this. If I did that with my business people would be like, toxic, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like doing it for my for my baby and it's not toxic. I'm like amazing because yeah. I do it. So I just like to notice. I'm not 
prescribing any sort of, you know, judgment or final say on, on those things. But I like to notice the different narratives that happen between industries and identities and roles in our society. Totally. Because I personally don't think there's anything wrong with having your identity in your business, especially if it's a self-brand. Like, it should be authentically and unapologetically totally. you. It, I think it's the part that gets mixed up, the thing that I'm continuing to work on. And I think over time, especially like you, like you've been through so many ventures and different businesses like you said you like failed five times before you were successful like that comes with time I think just yeah. being able to let go of like your value yeah. being in what you're doing well I think you also have to what's coming through is like if all of this went away tomorrow I'm confident in my capability to rebuild myself yeah like I don't think that if if this went away I wouldn't I would be devastated for sure I'd have to go through a mourning period but I really believe in my ability to go on to something else. And so it's not necessarily that my identity is tied to these four walls and the Scouts Agency name and the OKSIS podcast name and the Emotional Entrepreneur name. My identity is tied to creating what feels authentic to me at that point and expanding. Mm -hmm. So that can happen with or without the business, right? Mm -hmm. Because I can just start something else later. So I think it's the... It's not that like I'm I'm a, I'm attached to the process, not necessarily the physical symbol of what that process has given me. People don't talk enough about how much confidence in yourself and your abilities it takes to be able to continue to just push. I mean, confidence mm -hmm. is a huge part of it. You have to have yeah. confidence that if it disappeared, that you'd be able to restart something and rebuild something that you care about and that would have influence in the way that you want it to. Yeah, and my let says that. Uh, confidence is fulfilling the promises that you make to yourself. I love that quote. I love him, and I Ugh. love that quote. I love Ed. I love him so much. I just want to like. He's so hang inspiring. Out. Can I just hang out, Ed? Can I just come I over? No, I think we should all. Ed, just chill. if you're listening to this, Mister Mylet, <laughs> I would literally just shut my mouth and let oh, him talk. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Ed. Yeah. Listen to his podcast if you yeah, don't already. He's amazing. He's amazing. I'm like so happy that you came on. I appreciate you so so uh, much. I'm so happy that you started this podcast. I know you've been me talking too. about it for a long time. I know a long and time. Here it is. No, you've inspired me so much. Just to, I think your story is so inspiring and like. I said I really love to have friends and people around me that are just doing well in the ways I want to do well. Mm -hmm. If you haven't already, please, please read the Emotional Entrepreneur book. I can't speak enough good things about it. It's so, so good. Oh, thank you. That's I'm like, I'm already I'm hyping up the book. So <laughs> where can people find you? Scout has a podcast of her own and with her sister. And if you want to hear her drop more knowledge, which I always do, yeah. where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. It's the best place. And my bio is links to OKSIS podcast, my book, my Emotional Entrepreneur podcast, my agency, Scout's agency, and it has Perfect. all the different ways that you can work with me, listen to me, be in community with me, all of the things. Okay, one more thing I forgot yeah. to ask you. So I've been asking everyone at the end of podcast episodes, how do you see it now that you've gone through what you've been through, now that you have a successful agency and this podcast, like what is your main takeaway that you just live by now? I, I think the main thing that's coming through is that I really have more control over my reality than I ever thought that I did and I see it as that we all have that ability that ability is within ourselves it's not in an identity or a status or you know a mastermind it really is in just this decision to wake up every single day and choose yourself and your dreams and the life that you want it's really that that simple everything kind of stems from there that's how I see it 
Thank you so much. Thank you for so having inspiring. Me on. And again, all of I'll link all of her socials and all that in the description. But sounds thank good. Come you. say hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you leave here feeling motivated and inspired. Do not forget to rate and review the pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow How I See It Pod so you can keep up with podcast updates and see who's coming on next. And if you're not already, come join the fam and follow at How Hand Sees It. Thank you guys.